You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, community. Welcome back, host Ben Wolf. And I hope that your eyes enjoy if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, I hope your office and your eyeballs enjoy uh, the new backdrop and the new scenery behind me, uh, as well as the new uh, HD. Uh, setting on my uh, Zoom that we're using to record this uh, because of the uh, new backdrop, which enables that higher uh, resolution. So hopefully people enjoy the higher resolution and the background. And for those of you who are listening to this just on the audio, please check out the YouTube version as well. And you can uh, and you could see and bask in the, in the enjoyment of, of my new background. So uh, today's episode is going to be on uh, how business owners can free themselves up from half-managing an underperforming sales team with a fractional sales manager. I'm going to be introducing you uh, to this tool to the extent you're not familiar with it already, uh, which is great with our, our, our amazing guest today. So uh, with the great value that we share with our guests like the one today, uh, like recently having the author of The Founder's Dilemmas, uh, Noam Wasterman, the Dean of Sysim School of Business, recently having on uh, Kelly Knight, and we're working on some very exciting guests also coming up in the near future. So be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's on YouTube or uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it might be. Subscribe, make sure your notifications are turned to the max. Uh, if they don't automatically do that, like on YouTube, where the Big Brother likes to decide which uh, which shows that you get to watch and which ones you don't of, of the ones that you subscribe to. Uh, so be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and make sure that you have access to this content and this knowledge in the future. And with that, I want to get on to introducing our guest today. Uh, she is the owner and outsourced sales manager. Uh, she is the owner of outsourced sales management services, through which she acts as a fractional sales manager, uh, virtually anywhere in the world or locally in the Detroit, Michigan area. Uh, she is the uh, a host of a LinkedIn video interview show called Fractional Service Insights. So you definitely want to look her up on LinkedIn once I reveal, do the big reveal on her name. And uh, she has over 25 years of sales management experience. Uh, she is also an affiliate of the Sales QB framework for fractional sales leadership. Uh, you can find out more about her and what she does on her website, salesmanagementservice.com. That's salesmanagementservice, service is singular salesmanagementservice.com. And with that, I give you Teresa Renault. Welcome, Teresa. Ben, thank you so much. It's awesome to be here with you this afternoon. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully everybody will, uh, I'll send everybody on my LinkedIn to the interview that I did on your LinkedIn uh, interview show, uh, which is really a perfect synergy between your topic, talking all about fractional service providers, and not even just sales, which would be relevant enough, uh, and, you know, obviously what I do is a fractional integrator or like an outsourced, similar to an outsourced COO for companies that use the entrepreneurial operating system framework, the EOS framework for their, for their business. So appreciate you having me on your show and hopefully everyone will get to see that uh, shortly before or after uh, they, hear, they hear what you have to share here. And with that, I want to get onto my first question, which I ask everybody, which is if you could just give us a, a quick two minute background, you know, What's, you know, maybe stuff that's not necessarily on your resume on LinkedIn or, or whatever, but what do people need to know to understand how you got to be where you are today, where you came from? Yeah, perfect. So um, my journey to understanding uh, the value of a sales revenue manager really did start 25 plus years ago. 
I've been in sales, sales management all my life and spent 15 awesome years with Cisco Systems, the technology company. I had four um, exciting leadership roles within that time frame, and then decided to take an early buyout and just do something different. I kind of wanted to challenge myself uh, in a different way. It was awesome to be with an amazing company, but took my bucket of money and my husband and said, we're gonna do something different. Let's open up our own company. So we went out and we bought a distributorship and it was a fun ride. We had a great time, learned a lot, except for one thing. Within three months, we immediately knew that the company that we had aligned ourselves to was going out of business. They pulled back on all their resources. So I was like, all right, we, uh, we need to do something else with, uh, with this game plan real quickly. But you know what? It was great to be able to, to take that leap of faith and just jump in and experience for the first time in my life the true entrepreneurial experience. Mm. I quickly went back into tech um, sales management uh, with a much smaller organization than Cisco. And it was like, Houston, we have a problem man, this is a different space out here. There's, right. there's very little process. There's not a whole lot of discipline and there's no coaching or really sales management. So it was an opportunity to put the wheels back on the car from a experiential perspective, my background that being. And then fast forward a couple of years later, I was um, able to find Sales QB, a national organization uh, that did produce this framework for small business revenue uh, success and took you know my 25 plus years of sales management, married it with their framework program, and now I'm providing on-site or remote fractional revenue um, sales management experience for small business businesses. Right, and and that's great. And and I think what I what, what I guess what I'm hoping that people can come away from and the knowledge that they could really gain. Or you know, ask myself in every episode and everybody that we bring on, what what kind of value can we share that will be something that will be a value add for people. And, and I'm, you know, just want to preface our conversation with just saying that well, I guess what I really hope that people will come away with is an understanding of what is this idea of a fractional sales manager and, you know, who, who is it for? What's the symptoms and, you know, and what does it look like? What does it, you know, what does it do for you? So people will have that in their toolbox if that happens right. to be right. For right. Them. So let me just, um, back up for a second and mm -hmm. uh, reiterate that a very common problem that is affecting all small businesses is this concept or notion of a diseconomy of scale. It's mm -hmm. hard to afford expert resources when you have smaller teams or a smaller organization. Mm -hmm. So then fractional service providers actually plug in where that problem is like the big hole. That problem is their competitive thorn and the fractional service provider is their competitive weapon so um really what that looks like for me is you know turnover is is an issue for a lot of different reasons in small business environments but sales mm -hmm. turnover is an is an is an is an obvious hey we got a problem uh having a team that isn't managed is a big problem having a team that's managed by the owner is still a problem and you know, there's two types of businesses or business owners out there, and you'd, you'll appreciate this coming from mm -hmm. the EOS frame for it, framework. And that is, it's either your techie, who tends to be the integrator implementer, or it's your rockstar salesperson who would be your visionary. And this back guy over here doesn't really want anything to do with sales. And this person over here can't ever seem to find anyone as good as themselves. So right there is a good reason why it's not usually very effective for business owners to continue to try and manage sales teams. So any of those, oh, the worst 
the worst thing of all is to take your rock star salesperson and try to make them a sales manager all at once while carrying a bag. So if any of those situations exist, that's usually a perfect opportunity for a fractional sales manager. But in and above that, fractional sales manager can be a plug-in for an operation or an organization that may already have best practices in place and you just need to augment some services. Like perhaps you haven't had the ability to take the time to put a proven and repeatable integrated marketing sales operation in place. Well, an outsider could come in and kind of with a new set of filters be able to create and document that process. So it's good for normal sales management and operational fix-up as right. well as one-off projects. Right. And, and don't you also talk about another scenario uh, where, where, you, where you bring in kind of a lower paid person at a lower price point and what happens then? Like when people try to bring a try to bring a lower paid sales manager or somebody that they think they can afford doesn't have all that experience. Yeah, what so happens thank, then? What, yeah, people, thanks what might for, people I, recognize in their lives, right. in their experience? And that usually is in the form of friends and family that small businesses ends up mm -hmm. being a recruiting arm for. So you sort of get locked into, I think that person needs a job, so they must be able to be a sales manager. Mm. That rarely happens uh, for, with any kind of effectiveness uh, towards success as well. So yeah, um, if you have a poor manager, um, having a fractional expert is usually a whole lot more effective than having somebody that just can't even get the job done. Right. Well, you know what, I guess I wish you would go a little bit even more in depth in some of those scenarios you just talked about, like paint, paint a picture, or maybe give us one or two examples or stories from clients or people you know about uh, where either the, either the owner is like half managing their team while they try to run the business on the side and the team isn't performing as well as you, they need. Uh, you know, again, this scenario where you uh, hire someone who's really underqualified, hasn't been there, hasn't done that. Uh, or that other example you mentioned of like hiring your sales rock star, and now they're a bad manager and they're not even doing as much sales as they used to be, which is what they're really good at. Yeah. So like paint a little bit more of a picture about like what happens in those scenarios, examples, stuff like that. Sure. So let's go back to the sales, uh, to the owner trying to do, to trying to half manage that team while mm -hmm. also trying to run the organization. Right. So typically what a scenario looks like in that capacity is no formal sales meetings, no accountability because they don't have time to make everybody else accountable. Usually no. we have um, reduced communication snippets so then there's communication disconnects. So we mm -hmm. have confusion and we usually don't have, usually what a leader should be doing is setting the direction and the culture. So mm -hmm. when the owner is messing around managing all these other things and trying to sell and trying to do these other things, we don't have a common culture that is um, ready for success. And we have a lot of confusion. We usually have, those are, that's a great example for a lot of high turnover. People just get burned out with the owner flipping stuff over the fence, trying to half manage. We um, Really what needs to happen in that point is if you have a good owner that's a great salesperson, make them the closer. Bring them in mm -hmm. for the big deals, the complex deals. There's a place for that owner to continue to leverage their talent and their skill set but it really isn't in the area of managing and coaching a team. And that's the same kind of DNA representation that becomes apparent when you take a rock star salesperson that knows how to hunt mm -hmm. and 
those are really old term schools, old school terms that we shouldn't be using anymore <laughs> in the political correctness arena that we're in. Sales correctness now is more of a leadership style mm -hmm. um, married with marketing. And it's still a very hard skill to conquer, but we have that very aggressive salesperson who knows how to go out, do the right things to generate the sales and close them. But they usually have a low appetite for helping others because they're so focused on their own goal. So Big that deals, yeah. benevolence doesn't really carry through, you know, in terms of coaching or caring or mentoring. So uh -huh. usually what happens is people are like, I'm out of here. Man, Joe was nice when I didn't have to talk to him and he was just bringing in the numbers and no one was looking at the rest of the numbers. So, you know, that's, uh, that's not a good situation. And then no management. Well, <laughs> pretty much the, um, the inmates are running the asylum and that business owner should just really hold on because you don't know where this thing is going. If, if everyone's got their own plan or no plan. Right. And I mean, you should be able to tell that by the numbers, but here's another thing that happens when you have an underperforming or an undermanaged team, no one's paying attention to the numbers until the COO or the CFO comes in and says a quarter later, what happened? Well, what do you mean? What happened? Nobody was managing the numbers like we should be on a weekly basis. We could have right. we could have figured this out like two and a half months ago. Right. Yeah. To make it more concrete, can you give again? I just want people to like see themselves in this. Do you have any stories that you could share? We could move on to the next question if you don't have anything at hand. But like, any like stories or examples you could share of people in industry, you know, certain industry, whatever. Yeah, so in these situations, I, I'm sure you have a ton. I mean, well, you know, here's another common situation where I do get brought in as a fractional um, sales revenue manager to help improve on the operation and then co-share the, the seat with the owner because that uh -huh. owner still doesn't want to give up total control. And that's there's another story there. But that's OK, too, because in that situation, what I'm doing is coaching the owner on how to change the situation. So we've gone from a very undisciplined approach to number one, having a weekly cadence. We have goals. We've changed the culture in terms of establishing um, uh, a mission statement, a true mission statement with guiding principles that now everybody in the organization is responsible for memorizing. We made everybody memorize it and we repeat it every week, not like it's some weird thing, but it's because it's a part of our DNA. So mm -hmm. we've gone from somebody that was losing people because it was very hard to be in this chaotic spot. And here's another thing, because there was this control that, that um, this person needed to have over everything, there were too many rules and regulations. Hmm. It was like, well, you don't, you don't have a sales staff here. <laughs> you have people that you call salespeople that are doing the weirdest things because you want them to, and it's what not do you productive. Mean? I, I actually have not come across this. Like, what do you mean by that? So, um, it's there's two because there's no trust or there wasn't any trust i should say there are too many i's and t's that needed to be dotted and crossed so people were just stuck in busy work versus true selling so we had to back out of that and understand what was necessary and what was possible for moving us past that situation right literally she would she wanted an out i should um, an outside sales force, but was nervous about letting people not leave the office. Uh-huh. Interesting. I mean, okay. So, so, so let's get to, 
So let's get to what it looks like when you, a fractional or, you know, or any fractional sales leader that somebody brings on board. Um, what, what, what does that look at? What does that look like? Yeah. So what it looks like for, for us, for me and whoever I'm working with is first of all, it starts off with an assessment so that we understand where the gaps are and we have an agreement on where the best practice gaps are so that it's just not me saying these are what your problems are. Um, part of what SalesQB does is provides a pretty hefty, robust assessment. So I go in and spend a little bit of time inter interviewing um, a number of people, leaders, as well as, you know, I don't care if it's the receptionist, the welcome director, as I like to call receptionists now. Um, we go in, I go, uh, understand what, what their <laughs> perceptions are. And usually there are a lot, you know, at the end of the day, what the owner tells me is wrong is, is only half true. There's another mm. side to it. So I put together a plan. We discuss um, where these gaps are and how we might prioritize working on them together. Uh, and then I'm either brought on board for some or all of those solutions or uh, eventual solutions, or they can do some of these things themselves. I mean, there's enough DYI stuff out of this assessment that it's a standalone uh, mm -hmm. product that's really useful. So once we understand what, what we're going to get focused on, then we get focused on it. And it's, if it's a full team coaching experience, then there's always going to be, what are the goals? Are they right? How do we keep people accountable? What's our weekly cadence? What's our conversation going to be like? And what's the cadence for that? So that that owner, owners typically like to be kept in the loop. So we want to make sure we have that. So mm -hmm. it's a whole 360 in terms of focus and communication, but it's not just with the team. The other part of, and the beauty of what we do within um, SalesQB is it's operationally focused. So if there's a gap in lead generation or lead nurture, we figure mm -hmm. out how to help with that. So with the perfect thing about small, this for small businesses is you can't have, you know, a great big marketing department. You'll be lucky if you have a good marketing person. Um, mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that marketing and sales is really smarketing. And I'm borrowing that from HubSpot. I, I think they uh, coined I, that. I use HubSpot, but I don't know. I didn't come across that term. Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> so really, that's what it is. Holistically looking at the operation in terms of buyer's journeys change. That, that gate, you know, that, that horse left a long time ago. What continues to change is the technology tools. It's all digital now. And a lot of these small business owners, man, they haven't had enough time to stop and figure out. They're still working on getting their second revision of their website done. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we got to figure out what operational things got to be fixed up here while we're taking care of, you know, the people over here. Right. And one big thing that I noticed with these owners is this was such a big thing at Cisco. You got to be always interviewing. You got to have a bench. And I don't think they understand the value of that and the criticality of, Business owners want to make money, save money, and obtain and retain the best and the brightest. How can you have the best and the brightest if you're not always looking for them? <laughs> so huh. I have to train them on, we need to develop a system for you to always be looking. You need to be selling yourself, the culture, and always be looking because I guarantee you, we're going to grow and you're going to need that person, but we're, all, we're also going to have some sort of fallout. So right. did I give you enough examples on what it might look like. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's good stuff. What did I, what did I want to ask you also was, um, 
you know, I, I think some people might be asking themselves, and really, this is not just a question about fractional sales management. Really, it's a question you could ask for any kind of fractional sales leadership in particular. We're not talking about outsourcing customer service here, you know, or like, you know, your phone, you're, you're you know, answering messages. How, how does it work? How can it work to have a leadership level person who's not there full time or who's even not only, or is perhaps not even not there full time, who's there only virtually, even when they are there? So, and I know you work virtually, I work virtually with some clients, you know, as, as a fractional integrator. So how do you explain when people are like, well, how can that, how can that work? I'm used to having all my other employees or most of my other employees are there all the time. How could you manage a sales team when you're not even with them most of the time? So what do you tell people when they ask that? So, uh, I don't know. It's just been super easy for me. It's, you yeah. know, you establish trust and credibility right up front. You get buy-in from the leadership team at the beginning and together you announce to the team, the extended team, and it may not just be the sales team. It really should be the entire organization, depending upon how small or large they are, uh -huh. that this is, you know, the new person who's going to be taking over these specific responsibilities. And oftentimes there's, you know, calls that are um, calls or uh, video meetings that are established outside the normal allotted time frame um, to adjust for the, you know, the normal day-to-day -day business stuff that, that comes into play. So we just have to, from a scheduling perspective, I have to be super careful about being flexible and also set the right expectations of I'm available for you anytime, but you got to give me a little bit of, uh, you know, I get, I get a three hour notice um, for the callback or whatever. So right. I do make myself uh, available and actually do a whole lot more than just some of the things that we talked about. Like when stuff comes up, like for example, with COVID, uh -huh. One client I had, he wasn't ready to do anything remote. So, you know, all this stuff happened like within 24 hours, 48 for Michigan. Um, and he decided that he was going to let some of his people start to work from home, didn't really have the right equipment. We started working mm -hmm. on that. I put together a work from home letter in terms of, you know, some of these people really had never worked from home. So right. you've got to set expectations right now. And then I said, we need to have daily huddles. You are not going to be able to manage these people unless we have a daily touch point that'll make them feel comfortable and make right. you feel comfortable. So, I mean, you have to be flexible for whatever additional thing comes in and that could be a big sale. You know, we might have to like put some of our normal week to week practices um, aside for a while, while we dig down or deep and go get, you know, a major sale. So it's flexibility. I think once I've never had anybody say this just doesn't work for us. Right. Once we engage. Right. 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 Because the only thing is what if the business owner is asking that question, how can, you know, how can this work full time before the engagement? Like you're just having a conversation at that point. Yeah. So I guess, you know, with technology tools, it's not like, it's really remote. I mean, you and I are doing this right now. Yeah. Well, post-COVID, like you pointed out, I mean, post-COVID, it, it gets easier to right. get your, people get their head around it more easily because they were forced for three months to work remotely with everybody, even if until then, 100% of their people were in person. So now everybody's a little bit more exposed to it and it's a little less foreign than it used to be. Right. I think, I think it doesn't, as long as you have the plan 
and there's prescription around this is the cadence we meet on tuesdays i meet with your team either virtually or you know remotely from 10 to 2 on tuesdays or whatever it is and that's what we do every week i'm yours for that amount of time i'm also yours for a certain amount, you know amount of other time assuming that i you know, can get to you in the, you know, for those emergencies or whatever. But once you get that cadence down, it's just like right. I am an extension. Right. And that extension can be for multiple years or it can be very finite. I had one client who was a stage two client on the smaller side and really just wanted some. Can you explain to people what stage two means? Oh, sure. Stage two is um, um, an established company. Uh, in the maturity life cycle. So startup stage two, and then end of your term, which would usually be sell, right? Okay. Um, so stage two uh, in business for, I think, 15 years, just uh, really wanted guidance, and not in terms of his team, but in terms of himself, because he was still selling. Uh, so we agreed on a six month uh, program. Okay. And from there, he received the type of framework and sales coaching that he needed to go back to his team and implement with himself. Uh -huh. okay. So a little bit of a different spin. Yeah, different spin on it. And, and with that, I guess that takes us perfectly to the, to the last little thing in our last few minutes I wanted to ask you about, which is, which is what, what do these engagements typically look like? Like how much time, how much money, um, you know, or like ranges of these things, like what, what are the typical ways that things like this work? Yeah. So it usually is number one scoped out. I don't like to do anything without a scope. I want everybody to be in agreement with yeah. what are the pain points? What are we solving? And here's my estimation of what that is going to look like. So once right. we determine the scope size, it mm -hmm. falls into a couple of different categories typically. It can be one to two hours a week. Mm -hmm. um, and these are typicals. There's, you know, there's opportunity for more custom settings, but one to two hours a week to one or two days a week. One or two and days a week. Let's is, say one or two hours a week. What does that entail? Is that just leading the sales meeting or like, what is that? Yeah, so that's, um, that again would be for uh, maybe one or two people and not a whole sales team, that could be the sales team. And that right. one or two hours would be reviewing the numbers against the goals, activity, what are we doing? What worked last week? What's working? What do you got planned for this week? What are we doing um, with the marketing? So there's always this integrated approach to what's the mm -hmm. marketing plan? How are, you know, how are we, in, if you don't have a marketing plan, a, a real marketing department, then we, gotta, we have to figure one out for you because here's the deal can't have the Solomon baby thing going on anymore with human resources like salespeople. A lot of business owners think that you can just do lead gen, lead nurture, and close. Our brains don't work that way. You can't cut us up and slice us that way. I know that's not a really nice analogy. I probably shouldn't get, I should get rid of that, right? But Solomon actually <laughs> didn't do that, so, so we are okay. So um, that's not how we operate. So you got to figure, and this goes back to the technology and a lot of business owners don't understand it. It's why your sales, your um, technology, your website is so important. You have to have some digital, you got to have some tech tools. You can't afford to spend a gazillion dollars over here on a maybe sales resource. You really should have lower cost 
technology running that lead gen, lead nurture, then you better have the right kind of salesperson to catch that and do something with it. If they're not closing 70% of what you're producing over here, you got to get rid of them or put them in a different seat. So back to your point, what are you doing for one or two hours? Sorry. I'm taking care of those two, I'll say two to three salespeople. Okay. Um, and we're, we're coaching, we're making sure they're focused on the right things and getting the right kind of results. If we go into a half day session, we got a few more salespeople, we got more operational people, we've got marketing initiatives. And that, so that first, that first piece over here, that can be like, um, let's just say $1,000. That maybe let's just say where it starts and it's two hours a week. Again, that's just a range or starting point. Half day jumps up to maybe like 2,500. Full day, you double that, you figured it out. So um, those are kind of- I went of to law school because I'm not good at math, but that I could do. <laughs> but, uh, right, it makes sense. And what about a day, or two a, a day or two a week? Like what is that, not the money part, but what does that look like in terms of yeah. your involvement? So that would really be um, a team of like seven, eight or nine people where it's mm -hmm. consuming, you know, a full day of sales coaching and or on-site um, sales calls. So when we're in, and it's on-site sales calls is fine anytime too. I do those all the time with people. Um, we just have like to- Like a ride along where you go yeah. to, you mean to meet yeah. a client, yeah. Right, um, or sales prep. Or a potential client. Yeah, prospect, yep. Um, and then the other part of it is always either working with or developing marketing plans and making sure we're in alignment with the back end, which is, the finance or operational part. We can't forget that sales is inclusive of acquisition and retention. And if we're not paying attention to the retention part of it, which mm. sometimes gets dumped into customer service, which falls under finance or operations, that's a problem. If we're losing all this over here because customer service isn't right, then we have a problem. It should really be an extension, an integrated process along the whole continuum of marketing, sales, apps, finance, and it's all those touch points in between, lead gen, lead nurture, acquire, retain, and customer service. So that's the goal along the whole way with all of the different people that I integrate and communicate with. Right. Well, it's extremely helpful. Again, I definitely encourage anybody out there to follow Teresa Renault, and Renault is spelled R-E-N-A-U-D, Follow Teresa Renault on LinkedIn. I mean, again, you want to you want to be following her also, so you could catch up with her her uh, her channel fractional service insights or interviews. Uh, when you get to see me, but you'll also get to see a lot of other great people. And um, and uh, you can again check out uh, Teresa's uh, website at salesmanagementservice.com, salesmanagementservice.com, or follow her on LinkedIn. Teresa Renault, R E N A U D. So definitely want to want to well, you know, want to find out more about what she does or what fractional sales management means or what it does, or if you want to have a conversation with her, potentially for your own business, obviously you can reach her out, reach out to her in one of those methods. Um, but really appreciate you coming on the show and explaining more about this concept, which I think is kind of novel to some people. So I think it's a good tool for people to know about. Ben, thank you so much. It was really enjoyable. I'm glad we had a chance to do last week's session and then this week. Looking forward to staying in touch. This is yeah. awesome. Looking Thank forward you. to it. Thank you. And we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thanks so much. Bye. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.